Okay. Right. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Thomas Risley Church. If you are worshipping with us for the first time, welcome. And just where have you been? Tea and coffee are served in your kitchen at the end of the service, so be prepared. If you are with us via YouTube, a really good morning to you. Now, our newsletter, which looks like this. I don't know if you can see it. Right. Um, our newsletter that looks like this is um, on, can be found on thomasbeasley.org. Um, so have a look at it. Um, there's quite a few useful things for you to have a look at there. So we just ask you that you uh, remain on mute while the service is on, unless you've got a role that um, in a reading or a, a prayer that you need to say. Right. Yeah. So over now to my very own Ron, Ron Gemmel, who is leading the service today. Oh, call to worship. It's from Psalm 104. All creatures look to you to give them their food at a proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open up your hands, they are satisfied with good things. When you are your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to dust. When you send your spirit, they are created. And renew their face to the ground. You renew the face to the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks to the earth and it trembles. He who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord of my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice. In the Lord. Amen. And then go to uh, Fiona for Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Good on you, Elaine. Good on you. Right. Okay, everybody, it's birthday time, and I think we know that there's at least one out there. Can you give me a wave, please? Come here. I can't see. And who is that? Uh-huh. Oh, how old are you? Are you three? <laughs> okay. 
So just tell me your name for everybody that's not sure. What's your name, Ella? What's your name? <laughs> it's Ella. Ella. Oh, how lovely. Ella. Is there anybody else out there that has a birthday? Quick, because I was going to say happy birthday. Right. Okay, so Gemma family... Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ella. Happy birthday to you. She's very thankful. Thank you. I'll take us over to our readings. And can we have the first reading for my second reading, please? The first reading this morning is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21, entitled, The Holy Spirit Comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tons of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tones as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked. That's all these who are speaking, Galileans. Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native tongue? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the Coming the great and beautiful, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
Yeah. Usually I give him. Go ahead and find her up here. Second reading in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 3 bis 13. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God is Jesus cursed, and no one is Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same same God at work. To each manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the works of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Thank you. Um, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about lockdown. All right. I'm going to talk about lockdown. For the time we've endured over the last ten weeks, so we felt we've been restricted. What we can do. We feel we can't go places. There's no shops open. All those things. It's not been good. But it's been manageable. It's been different. <clears throat> it's been scary. And we're all looking forward to coming out of it. In our dribs and drabs, at that bit at a time, we're looking forward to coming out of it. It's been a long time, long weeks, 10 weeks of it. You might be a bit nervous. The illness hasn't gone away. It's still out there. There's still problems. We might be a little scared. But let's compare this to the seven weeks of lockdown that the apostles endured. In those seven weeks, after a crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. They were pretty scared, so. If you look at it, they didn't go out much. This social distancing big style, no one really saw them outside their small community. They met in a room a few times. They met in pairs. Occasionally, very occasionally, they would sneak out and they always went somewhere that wasn't so public. 
So they wish to go to a mountain. Oh, they decided, we've had enough of this. Let's go to the beach. And they went to a lake. And these occurrences, they saw Jesus. But he was still very much in lockdown. He was still very much at risk. At any one time, they thought he could be arrested and taken in. Now, Pentecost is the lifting of their lockdown. And of the lockdown of the world. Their final day happened there. They had no idea. It wasn't announced on the BBC. It was announced 10 days earlier at this end that to go back into their homes, into Jerusalem and wait. And he waited. It was expected but totally unscheduled. It wasn't defined to a day. And when it happened, it was absolutely, totally beyond their expectations. You look at the passage, the events of the day, completely changed their lives and the lives of thousands. Peter stands up and gives his incredible sermon. Interestingly, I read him before the prophecy about the, um, the moon turning red. Uh, Pete Brigg, who founded the Triple Seven Prayer Movement, tells a story when he's driving to the um, nightclub, when he's doing the first 24 7 prayer. A red moon rolls. And he was wanting to say, What's going to happen about this? Red moon rolls there, and he said, Wow. God's with us. The prophecy is being fulfilled. That's what we saw there. And actually, the wind chimes from my window, which is very, very good. We think about the, the spirit moving like a wind. Within days of that event, thousands and thousands was added to the number. And the fellowship that met met every day shared food every day sold belongings, sold ground sold everything else and gave to anybody who needed it the output of love that is given to the, to the apostles and the believers, the tens of thousands of believers just put it out they worked in the community they were showing, showing them physically how to do it how to help people how to show, how to love for people, how to heal people, how to spread the good news. Show them physically for three years. And that period might have lasted for a few months before the next lockdown came. For the death of Stephen and the persecution. But in that case, it was a lockdown. The 12 disciples stayed in, stayed in Jerusalem. Probably because everyone was scared of the 12 disciples. And everybody else fled. It wasn't so much lockdown, it's so much a dispersion 
everyone else went all over. <clears throat> Scattered halfway across the country. When Saul goes looking for people, he goes in Damascus. Damascus is in, is in uh, Syria. This is Syria, the north of the country. About as far as you could get away from this, the inside in Israel. Something worked with them, though, where they were. But wherever they went, they told people about Jesus. Wherever they went, they showed people about Jesus. <laughs> wherever they went, they healed people. Wherever they went, they cast out demons. Wherever they went, that's what they did. So the Spirit worked in the environment they were. If we look at the second passage. There you go. So, Paul is, as he's called now, he's talking about the uh, spiritual gifts. And we all know these gifts. We've all read this passage before. Thank you. Yeah. The apostle says, all these gifts are given to us. Okay, no, it's only because I like. Oh. Work from the same spirit. He distributes them to all of us as he thinks fit. As is determined by to us. Many of them are what I say. Sometimes all the time, sometimes little bits of time. And Paul is talking from personal experience. But he's also talking two decades on after the events. The letter to Corinthians was written sometime to AD 30, 50 to AD 55. It's 20 years. After the, uh, the events, I was, what I was thinking about the other day that would be a bit of a, a rebel thing. You know, it might have been possible, but put Saul himself would have been in the uh, the crowds listening to Peter. He was Jews from all over the area. So Paul might have even heard the words of himself being spoken. And didn't respond to it straight away. In other case, he's had, he knows people who's there. And who knows those words were spoken. And who's heard about the spirit moving the way it moves. And our thousands, thousands, three thousand converted that day. It's not wrong about that. So what will our lifting of the lockdown really look like? Not just next week or next month when the church in a few months the church starts looking perhaps looking how it can be again. What does the spirit have in mind for us? Proud church in our community. Let's pray for it. I feel the Spirit speaking to us. The wind is trees. Our tongues are red. What does it want from us? Because things will never, ever be the same again after <clears throat> this. It won't be normal. They'll never be the same. Whatever happens over the last year or so, we've changed. 
change the experiences. We've all changed. And maybe the Spirit is really going to show us what He wants for us to do. But whatever we do, Paul reminds us of His greatest gift. When you read the Bible, the Corinthians reading, what are we on to? I found another one, just at the end. I'm going to read this. This is the spiritual gift, which in the, in the uh, common English Bible refers to as the universal spiritual gift. I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to try and avoid crying. Because this one always makes me cry. This is what God wants from us. If I speak in tongues of your beings and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, I know all the mysteries and everything else. If I have such complete faith that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. <laughs> if I give away everything I have and land over my own body to feel good about what I've done, but I don't have love. I receive no benefit whatsoever. Love is patient. Love is kind. It isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't seek its own advantage. It isn't irritable. It doesn't keep a record of complaints. It isn't happy with injustice, but it's happy with the truth. Love puts up with all things. Trust in all things. Looks for all things. Hopes for all things and ensures all things. Love never fails. So whatever we do in our community, as a church, in the weeks, months, and years ahead, remember, love never fails. Amen. And now can we go off to um, the veteran um, session, please? Thanks, Ron. Let's pray together. Father, as we continue in lockdown and start to move towards the easing of lockdown, I pray that the virus will continue to abate, that the numbers of infections will continue to reduce. I pray that we will all be able to understand and follow the guidelines to make sure that we don't contribute to spreading the virus. And I pray that anybody who does gets the vi- get the virus recovers quickly and has it mildly. Father, in, in the news this week, we see so much about the man in America who was killed by the police. Father, it's... It's so depressing to see news like that and 
stories that we think should have been consigned to decades or even centuries ago, not not times like today. But Father, we pray for the family of the man that died. We pray for all of the people affected in America, but all over the world. And we pray that as a society, we'll be able to learn the lessons and his death won't be in vain. Father, in our prayer chain this week, we prayed for Rachel's granddad who's worried about his health at the moment. And I just lift, lift him before you and my family. And we also prayed for the Wall family for Ed's funeral. And I lift that family before you as well, Father, at this time. And Father, all those people who are shielding, self-isolating, social distancing, we just lift everybody before you who's struggling to follow the, follow the restrictions, struggling to get the medication they need or the food that they need or, or whatever it is that, that you know, the, the interactions, struggling with loneliness. Father, we also pray for all of those people who are returning to work, people who are anxious, people who are having to interact with more people than they feel comfortable with at the moment. Father, just lift all of those people before you and ask for your protection. Father, before we finish our prayers, we're just going to pause for a moment of silence so that we can all lift before you all of those people that we're worried about and people that we are on our hearts. Father, we offer all of these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And now it's that's the end of our service, so we need to say the grace. So I'd ask you all to unmute. And um, in elders, we've called the messy grace. Because and not very well organised. So, may the grace well done, everybody. Thank you, Ron. Enjoy the sunshine. Bye. 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 Bye